Movement Rio Media presents A Few Good Physios with Dr. Eric Munoz and Dr. Leonidas Scantolides. You can't handle the truth. What is physical therapy? More research. More research. True therapeutic effect. Join us each week as we discuss current trends in medicine, rehabilitation, and strength and conditioning. The answers are out there. All content is a collaboration between On Point Sports Care and Integrated PT Squared. A Few Good Physios is not medical advice and is used for educational purposes only. If you are having pain and or health-related complaints, please seek out a licensed healthcare professional. Thank you for downloading. Enjoy. All right, welcome back. Episode 25 of A Few Good Physios. We're excited to have Sarah Curry with us today. She is the co-partner of uh, Physical Equilibrium. We had her partner on, Sarah Dimmick, a couple weeks ago, which was fantastic. So we wanted to get the other Sarah as well uh, to talk about uh, her journey of fitness. She is a registered dietitian, a personal trainer, and a triathlon coach here in the city. And welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Oh, welcome, uh, welcome. Great. So I'll give you guys a little backdrop on how Sarah and I know each other. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned before with Sarah Dimmick, uh, we kind of w- operate out of the same space. I'm actually in their space of physical equilibrium. And it's been a pleasure working alongside of Sarah. You know, we do share some patients and clients. So it's really cool to... It's an ideal situation where you're working with a patient or a client and the other practitioner that's working with them, you could have a very easy communication. So it's been really a pleasure working with you the last nine months. And it's really been, you know, really empowering to patients to know that everybody's on the same team and there's not a delay in communication when it comes to that. Yeah, we love having you there because you fix them so they can perform better. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. And again, it's um, it's an honor to have you. So I guess we'll, uh, we'll start with your entrance into whether it's fitness or nutrition or both, or how, how did you, what started first, I guess? Uh, so I first became a trainer. I, I worked in a corporate job, many corporate jobs, probably for about eight years. And all I wanted to do was train my coworkers, start a running group, eat healthy, you know, make the office order healthy foods. Um, And finally, at age 30, I said, all right, enough of this. I got to figure out how to make a switch. So I went back to grad school at age 30. I was in in Chem 101 with 19-year-olds. I share your pain. (laughs) It's not, I I share, yeah. I was the annoying old student in the front that talked all the time and asked questions. Well, that you were really vested, right? You really, you knew what you wanted. (laughs) So I was already a trainer, however. I was kind of doing that on the side. But then I overheard trainers talking to clients about nutrition, things that I knew were wrong and I didn't even have a nutrition degree. Um, so I said, I don't know if I'm going to be able to be a good trainer and build a business because it's really hard, as mm. some of you know. Right. Um, mm. So I said, you know, what? I'm going to be a dietitian. I'll always have something to fall back on. If, if I get a training client that needs nutrition help, I can help them. Mm. Um, so that's what I did. And mm. that's actually how I met Sarah Dimmick. Mm. I worked for her while I was in grad school at NYU as a trainer. Very cool. So yeah. and then from there, um, you know, picking up your nutrition, not picking up working hard probably for your for your degree <laughs> when you graduated did you go full speed into fitness no 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 i had to do some years in clinical okay. i wanted to master clinical nutrition um mm. knowing i would someday have my own practice and then i trained clients on the side cool so once i was 
you know, working at the hospital seven to three and training clients four to 8 p.m. and not working out and not eating well, I knew I had to get away from the hospital and go private practice full time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the hospital, you know, it's a, a great, we, we've had this discussion. Uh, <laughs> Lee and I have had this discussion. Yeah. I mean, it's a great experience and um, stress management and prioritization and just learning. I mean, the hospital is a great place to learn, but mm. it isn't conducive with health actually not really (laughs) you know i have 15 minutes to try to explain to a person newly diagnosed with diabetes how to manage it right that was and i just i felt bad i had to run to my next patient um Uh, so but you learn so much and when i look at somebody now i know their meds i know their labs it's it's easy good stuff so that that kind of really provided the not even the fundamentals i mean that's a leg up i mean the average trainer doesn't understand labs or oh no i heard a trainer tell his client who had type 1 diabetes you should do fasted cardio in the morning oh my god i was like no you shouldn't (laughs) you're gonna kill him so but those are the things i kept hearing over and over um wow yeah that's crazy where did uh where were you training part-time uh when you first started so prior to sarah and i opening our own space we were at a least space a different space on 57th and Lex it was just a different gym Um, so a lot of independent contractors running their own business got it so we were constantly overhearing or dealing with things myths in the fitness industry that may or may not be true Mm. Um, a bit frustrating so yeah it's pretty wild how yeah I mean within fitness there's a just a wide array of, array of characters, you know, and, and yeah. I'm sure I'm sure they thought that about us also, but yeah, <laughs> no, for sure, yeah, exactly. We all That's are, true. you know. Yeah. We <laughs> very true. We all are, but um, very few get to actually make a career out of it, right? We, I mean, along the X amount of years we've all trained, we all know probably hundreds, if not thousands, of people that have came in the mix, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, it, it takes. Um, it takes a little bit of everything, you know, a little grit, a little discipline, a lot of education um, to kind of make fitness a career. It's um, it's a challenging environment. Even though that there's tons of abundance here in New York, um, you know, things are very fi- – relationships can be very fickle with training, as you know. Oh, yes, 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 yes. <laughs> uh, and what's your athletic background? I was reading that uh, you used to be a sprinter, is that right, or, yeah. or middle distance? Yeah, so in high school – Standard three varsity sport, you know, volleyball, basketball, track. Um, nice. I got along better with my track coach in high school, even though I was, think it was a better basketball player. Anyway, mm. went to college, a small school, ran track. Mm. My, I started lifting weights in high school, but then my track coach was really big into powerlifting, so he made us do, gosh, squats, cleans, deadlifts, you know. Mm. So I thought that was pretty cool. Now, mm-hmm. looking back, um, so yeah, that's my athletic background. So I got exposed to weight training early God, in, in awesome. the 90s. Yeah, cool. When it wasn't, when it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't yeah. too popular no. back then. No. no. Classes <laughs> were and moving and what was it, Taibo? Oh, we were talking oh, about Taibo. Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked yeah. about that recently. <laughs> oh my God. Um, this is University of Delaware, is that right? No, I went oh. to a small uh, liberal arts college University of Puget Sound oh, in okay, the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. In Washington. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's a great school. 
Um, cool. No, I'm, I we were talking about this back in the, definitely the '80s, but certainly in the '90s in terms of uh, where weightlifting was, powerlifting. It was really like this unknown thing that you would see on TV, especially if you watch uh, like the old school bodybuilding competitions. Yeah. So like that, there was this great documentary. I can't remember the name of it, but they talked about. I think it was. Iron pumping iron, maybe pumping iron. Yeah. Well, that's the famous uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger one. The first one. That was the first one, and then there was pumping iron to the Uh, women, which not many uh, people know about. I did not know. Oh, you gotta watch it. Does Arnold make a uh, an appearance, or he has nothing? He's out of the picture. I don't think so. Um, I'd have to watch it again. But it was female bodybuilding before they started taking a ton of drugs. Oh. Um, When did that uh, happen? I, I'm not too familiar. When did I don't, it's oh, if yeah. you look back at women like um, Corey Everson, I can't even remember their names. Trish, bleh, anybody right, right. listening who knows bodybuilding is so horrified about me by right now. <laughs> um, but you you look at their like me, my body now. I probably would have been a professional bodybuilder back then okay. before they started taking stuff because they they mm. didn't. They didn't know. They they didn't know that women could train like men. Right. Women back then didn't do the heavy lifting. Right. They did the high rep and the isolation moves. Um, right. The toning. The, yeah. The toning. Yeah. yeah. Remember the they still reps? looked good. Oh, yeah. right. So I'm I'm really impressed and amazed they, they did what they did. Yeah. No, it's Rachel been... McLeish. That's one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting how that culture. I mean, I remember being 17, 18, and, l- and reading them. Um, Muscle and fa- fitness. Muscle yeah. It just ingrained. <laughs> it just slips out. You know, mu- you know. Then, then I evolved to uh, men's health, but it was a different. It was a different um, era, generation. Yeah, completely. But, the, but what's what's sad is that that's kind of getting lost or gone and overshadowed or taken over by other things. But back then, they still. Like we know, if you want a nice chest, you bench press. Right. If you want nice legs, you squat. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's nothing's changed in years. Oh, Yet no. people think that that I, I don't know what people are looking for. We we know what works. Right. Well, that's a we were talking about. Our last guest talked about you know, human anatomy and physiology hasn't changed. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And training aliens. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> He's like, any aliens out there? Just give me give me a shout. Give out. Me a sh- <laughs> yeah. But you know, physiology hasn't changed. But I think you know. Not, I think the general public, uh, what we're talking about in the 80s, 90s is probably a very subgroup, sub kind of culture, really. And now, you know, exercise is mainstream and everybody's mm-hmm. doing it from grandmas to five-year-olds. But the, the, the fundamental principles of strength and, let's say, hypertrophy training, they're kind of boring to some people. Not to me, not to you, not to, you know, but it does, you know, it's discipline, it's week to week, it's progressive resistance, it's consistency. There's a really well-known physical therapist right now, Adam Meekins, we yes, talked yes, about yes, before, yeah. and he, he's got a great saying. He's like, it's it's so overcomplicated in terms of even uh, for physical therapy. Rehab, rehab is very simple, and same thing with strength training. It's very simple, but people don't like simple. People like very complicated because simple never is attractive, and we used the analogy like, um, well, actually, Sarah, she used the, um, she wanted to make, what was it? Um, God. I don't know. She wanted to make safe, sexy, or. Oh, oh yes, yes. Um, she wanted to make safe, sexy. Is that, that yeah, what it yeah, was? Yeah, yeah. And we were, we were joking around. We were like saying that in, in the physical therapy world, we want to make 
um, like pain science and, and wellness uh, sexy as well, but it's not. It's very simple stuff. It's like sleep and stress management yeah. and things like that. So, But manual therapy is very sexy, so it's kind of outweighing other things. But, <laughs> yeah, um, w- within the fitness too, you know, this combining of like, you know, you're on a spin bike, you're doing... I saw uh. a, I saw a Peloton class. You know, I was in um, I was in a a gym facility that had the the bike, and you know, this guy's working. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. And then they lost me. They were doing like scaption, like oh, <laughs> that's right. You were telling me the thumbs like, down. What the fuck? Oh, and you know, and the and the poor guy. And this is a club. I'll say what it is. I was at the Harvard Club. Yeah. So these, these smart individuals, right? <laughs> and this guy was like cracking. You know, looked like a fit guy. And I'm like, damn, why is he doing that? But you know, I try to make no judgments, but again, the the strength training we're, we're losing some of the just fundamentals, like you just said, push, pull, squat, mm-hmm. lunge. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. As opposed to push on a ball, squat on a ball, use a rope. Back to back classes at Equinox, mm-hmm. two hours where you could just do some other type of strength training in less than an hour, perhaps, and get right. better results. Yeah, right. the, the whole idea of diminished returns. Um, that concept, I don't think uh, a lot of our youth, and, and I don't want to isolate it to the youth, but I guess the current fitness trends of this diminished, like more is more me- means more. We know that anatomy and physiology that doesn't, that's not the case. Right. I, I want people to do all those things, but I don't want it to be their priority. Right. Like, <clears throat> like you don't need to take two or three spin classes in a row. Yeah. You know, you right. could do one less than that. Um, as long as you're strength training, and I don't care if you take a Pilates class, but don't do hours and hours and hours of those. Do you find the clients that are, you know, clients or that have done that, or you're in your experience in the past, are those? How are the results with those particular people that are running themselves in the ground? I have a great example. Uh, one of our clients who's been with us, I don't know, four or five years. She was referred to us by a doctor for a shoulder rotator rotator cuff tear, full tear. Hmm. And she got it because she was she would go to yoga class. She would go to her trainer who beat the hell out of her with kettlebells and sprints on the treadmill and, you know, burpees. And, and then she would go do another class. So she was working out two to four hours a day. Um, and now she, wor- she plays tennis three times a week, lifts with us four times a week. And that's it. Well, she's and, feeling great. Yeah, and she didn't. She didn't get surgery because she refused. So she did a combination of strength training, physical therapy, um, uh, some injections by a physiatrist. So mm. and she's fine now. That's great. With yeah. the full tear. With so, the full tear. We, you know, we still have to great. manage it. And she gets mm. maintenance every week. Yeah. So um, I mean, a tear. Just to to be clear to the public, you know, tears don't always necessi- necessarily mean surgery. Uh, a lot of rotator cuff, a lot of tears of the body. Let's just keep it at that. Tears of all sorts. You it's know, whether rotator cuffs, ligaments, tendons, you name it, you know, can be managed. I mean, obviously in certain, it, it, it depends. It's a certain circumstantial thing. But, yeah, that's a perfect example of just kind of using strength and, and using movement, really, to heal. Yeah. yeah. With rotator cuff tears, it's really interesting. I, I and I've used this example before in the podcast where I had this patient um, where the interpretation of the MRI is very dependent on that person who's looking at the image, and it can be, in this case, it it can be very misinterpreted. You know, what I mean, unless there's like an a, an abrupt traumatic 
incident, let's say a car accident or a big fall, and they can clearly see, you know, a complete removal of the tendon and or it's correlated with functional symptoms, like they're losing strength, they can't lift their arm, then that's a, a, a case of like pure rotator cuff tear. But um, there is instances where you'll have, uh, quote, full tears, but they don't go all the way through. They're just big enough for the, that radiologist or that doctor to interpret them as full tears. Mm-hmm. And one analogy that I think it was one of your doctors mentioned was a hole in the carpet. Was that somebody else? No, oh, yeah, somebody it might else. have been. Oh. I was thinking about the wallpaper. The wallpaper, yes. That was okay. the, um, basically, you know, I was told I had a, a fracture in my finger. And he was like, well, you have an avulsion fracture. It's like taking the, the paint off of a wall. Right. The wall is still there. <laughs> you just got a little chip in the wall. Right. And it'll be all right. You could, you know, time will patch it up and you'll be, you know, but the wall's up. Right. We so, like that doctor. Yeah. <laughs> you know that doctor? <laughs> no. Oh. Uh, no, we just like, I like. Oh, yeah, exactly. And he, <laughs> exact. That guy, well, he did a good job of not scaring me, mm-hmm. reassuring me that you'll be okay. Yeah. And also giving me, you know, some clear guidelines like, hey, you know, don't train for six weeks. Hold on, I didn't listen. <laughs> he did say. You taped it up. I did he, tape. He, he was like, it. he was like, you're going to be taping. And if you want to grapple, this is what's going to happen. So I was like, oh, cool. But the, but the moral of the story is tears. And the first person I went to, by the way, said to look at a surgeon, splint it, cast it, don't use it. If you oh. want to lift, if you want to lift your child, this is exactly mm. I would lay off. So mm. anyhow, tears don't equal surgery. Right. <laughs> and that's the perfect example that your client is, you know, conservative management, uh, guided strength training, you know, maintenance, all those things could really be helpful. But back to making, what did you say? Si- making a uh, safe, sexy. Making safe, sexy. Mm. I swear we did the most boring exercises for weeks, months, maybe mm. a year or two, and she kept saying, "When am I gonna? When can we do more? When can we do more?" I go, "You don't. I'm training your legs and your abs and barely your shoulders. There's no more days that I can see you." Mm. But but she had that personality to want more, more, more. Right, right. Um, right. So. It was very hard for her to be patient and follow the progression and the boring programs, but it's mm. all worth it now. That's yeah, great. it's it, it's a challenge to go just using rational training protocol uh, when people are impatient. I think that's one of the toughest jobs we have is to kind of not go into a full blown entertainment entertainment mode, which we have trainertainment. Right, mm-hmm. there's a lot of trainertainment out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just really giving people rationale. And, and it weeds out a lot of clients, right? I mean, there's certain people that it won't connect with, and that's fine. They can take three hours of classes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I was going to say, with, with, with what you mentioned in terms of those three hours, people who do that, like three hours of classes, and then, um, let's say, uh, diet in general, what does that do to um, the metabolism, the nervous system, and Usually those individuals are looking to like, you know, keep the weight off, be quote in shape, things like that. I, it, okay. Obviously, you know, there are many variables to getting lean and hmm. different energy systems are trained if you're doing heavy or lighter, high rep, you know, high intense cardio, whatever. But um, they, it, a lot of, so what, what we're seeing Nowadays, and then you know the trends in New York City and other places, people are going to so many classes, lots of cardio. They're watching every calorie. Yeah, you you could lose weight if you create a deficit, lose fat. But if you don't have that lean muscle mass, 
you're going to have to keep working that hard for a long time just to keep it off. That's yeah. And then when they get injured, oh my God, they can't burn you know 900 calories in three spin classes. <laughs> so <laughs> guess what? You gain fat. But if you had a little lean mass or a lot of lean mass, you get away with a lot more, and you can. You're not going to gain the weight if you have to take a day off or, you know, you eat something un- that's can quote unquote bad. Mm. Um, so mm. everyone thinks that in order to lose weight, it's diet, diet, diet. It's not all diet, diet, diet. Mm. And ultimately it is. But once you have that lean muscle mass and you st- maybe start to diet a little bit or clean up your diet, you're, the fat kind of melts off. All right. Um yeah. Yeah. Metabolic rate. I mean, yeah. Yeah, right. your metabolic yeah, rate. Yeah, the is... only way to increase your metabolism is through lean mass. Right. And putting on muscle. Right. And we we've I mean, we've talked about this briefly at least with um Joe Rogan's podcast. Right. Um when when he commentates, uh, do you know who Joe Rogan is? I definitely know the name. <laughs> he's a Go ahead. Oh, no, sorry. No, no, he's he's one of the main commentators for the UFC, but he's also a comedian. He has, oh, okay. He's got a um, And he has a pod- podcast. He has a very okay. Successful podcast. podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he, 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 he immediately, when he watches fights and they gets to the big guys and they start to like really um, put like a you know 100% effort right in the beginning, he's like, if they continue to do that, they're going to burn out quick because they have all this muscle mass. And to keep that going, you really have to burn a lot of calories to do that mm. versus the little guys who can put that energy up a little bit longer because they have less mass. Mm. They don't have to burn as, quote, many calories as the bigger guys. And I think that relates in terms of what you're saying. It's like if you have, um, you know, the the more lean muscle mass existing in your body because you've gotten stronger, you've gotten uh, more hypertrophied muscles, then you're going to have a better rest of metabolic rate. Metabolic rate, yeah. And I think, I mean, this goes back to the beginning of training where, you know, you could raise your metabolism while you're obviously doing cardio, but that metabol you know once you cool off you mm-hmm. know you just come back to your regular metabolic rate as opposed mm-hmm. to that longer afterburn and um when you're strength training you know you're burning calories while you're moving but you're also burning calories at rest and then yes. i guess increase you know the idea is to keep that going um, not obviously not exponentially but mm-hmm. to keep that metabolic but i keep that metabolic rate higher um i would also say the margins that's another that's an interesting concept that you know as you know, if you have a, a pretty balanced uh, approach to working out or even just heavy on strength, there is some margins to have to play with, you mm-hmm. know, where your body kind of just absorbs it. I mean, I'm just speaking anecdotally for myself and my immediate circle of clients, but, you know, you can see it. You know, it's um, it's just a different – it's different. Mm-hmm. But but this ties back into the, the, the word patient that we mentioned mm-hmm. earlier. Yeah. Most people – don't want to hear when I tell them it's going to take one and a half to three years to lean out. Wow. And that's in my experience. And, and a person that you and I share, right. she's now on year four or five, but guess what? She's down to 15% body fat wow. without really yeah. doing much beyond changing her lifestyle over the years, lifting really well, kind of dieting. Right. Right, right. <laughs> um, Living but, well. Do, yeah, does yeah, what she yeah. wants. But the she first doesn't. day, I said, oh, she's not coming back. <laughs> yeah. And then she's still with us. She had, awesome. she had some injuries that had to get fixed. and She's tough. You know, she's a tough, uh, she's a strong woman. Uh-huh. She has a, a, a interesting personality initially, but she has the discipline. Oh, yeah. She has the discipline. She knows what she wants. 
and again, I, I think we share the common goal where we, we were talking about taking a class and there was an incident where she kind of took this class without kind of really prepping for it. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I know I shouldn't have taken that class. And I said, you know, at this point of the game, you should be able to do whatever you want with preparation mm-hmm. and preparation being a dynamic, excuse me, a dynamic warm up. you know, just making sure she's rested, all the, all the little common, did, did I sleep well, did I hydrate, did I eat well, all mm-hmm. the little common lifestyle things. But, yeah, with this person, I said, hey, you know, you could do anything you want, but just, you know, within, within time, within reason. And I think that that's what we want to empower our patients with, and that's what you've given her, really. You've given her that base, well, base slash, I mean, beyond the base, right? She's Yeah, so she's, so this ties into one thing I wanted to bring up today was this, um, the, uh, everyone's into high-intensity interval training and mm. let's get destroyed and let's torch as many calories mm. as possible by getting mm. the hell beat out of us. Um, if you don't have a foundation of strength or a base, you can't really go into a class like that and survive or no. you're going to risk injury. But someone like her who's been training for so long, we strengthened and balanced her out i trust her going into a class right, like that right, she's, right. she's fine she knows right. her body she knows her limits um she has really good form on everything just right. about um <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> so i would trust that she could do a good a good push-up or you right. know i i don't really think she should be doing burpees but she could right right right, right. so no it's it's that's... it's really interesting with the trend of like getting beat up and mm. you know i've witnessed i've participated in some of the madness and the people that i i've been around a couple of environments for long enough to see that the the individuals that continually take these high intensity classes um they really haven't changed no their bodies their bodies don't change it's amazing flip over the round yeah and or yeah right they they get injured and they they Mm -hmm. stop and they get larger it's a weird concept yeah well it's one thing it's one thing to show up and flail around and burn a lot of calories but that doesn't you don't get that mind to muscle connection the time under tension the load that actually builds the type of muscle fiber that changes your body and becomes that fat burning machine yeah it's interesting this balance between regularity and variety Mm -hmm. and i think this common trends the idea of regularity as well two to three days a week but it's not just the, the, the frequency of workouts, but the frequency of exercise, as we know, right? And keeping some kind of consistency, whether that is, you know, fundamental movement like a squat, a deadlift, a press, a push, a pull. And then this variety, you know, this varied workout, which is playing to the idea that this is boring, so it has to be new, but your body never has a chance to adapt. And I think these people are kind of, they never really fully adapt. They get the adrenaline burst. Mm-hmm. They get the dopamine going. They're on the floor breathing heavy, but... The nervous system is in constant confusion. Yes. And uh, it's good to confuse the nervous system within limit, right? Mm-hmm. But not a regular confusion of the nervous system. No, it's <laughs> confusing. It's confusing, yeah. But <laughs> I think you touched on a really important point, and we've, we made it before, or you, you talked about it. Is this sustainable? So mm-hmm. like like a lifestyle, like if some people come to us with certain goals and certain needs and, you know, it, it can sometimes get down to a medical need, like, you know, if they're diabetic or high blood pressure, mm-hmm. uh, need to lose some weight, need to get myself healthier so I can, I don't want to go on medication. So, all right, to attain these things, I'm not going to put you on this huge deficit diet. Uh, you know, you wouldn't put someone on a huge deficit diet. 
to uh, make them, you know, in the first couple of weeks, they can't sustain it. They're having cravings here and there and they're not sleeping, stuff like that. Like you, you, like you said, over the next couple of years, this is what you're going to do to build it up to the point where now you have this solid base. Now you, you've learned these things. You can help manage it yourself, both physically, mentally. You can prep for it and everything. So I think that's huge. I feel like the sustainable aspect of both for diet and movement is really big. Yeah. For, I mean, in physical therapy, when you give someone exercises it has to become habit and routine and they have to do it consistently same mm -hmm. thing with eating right. you have to get your meals better aligned so the hormones in your body are better aligned so you can process it properly mm -hmm. and people come to me all the time like, i gotta lose this weight gotta lose this weight and i said okay well how long has it been on there how long has it been sitting there oh, five years i go okay it's not coming off in a week <laughs> let alone let alone three months. The scale might not move for three months. All right. Right. So you, I do my best to curb their expectations as to the process. Mm -hmm. I think it's important, and and I think um, you know modern trends do almost the opposite, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of sell a little bit of a false expectation, and and the, the probably the sustainability of that model is going to be limited, right? But they they kind of revolve on the corporate gym model of revolving door. Mm -hmm. of, you know, hey, let's get as many members as we can. Let's get those first workouts in, sign them up, and off to the next. And I think, you know, in order to survive in the fitness industry, it's really about building rela long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a complete opposite as, a, as an independent trainer. You you want to you wanna have a light. I, I call them lifers. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. You want a client for life, and, mm -hmm. and, and that comes through – being realistic with your expectations and mm -hmm. not selling them some BS, you know, exactly. just being as real as possible. Mm -hmm. And it, it's tough. It's, it's a tough cookie to swallow for some, no pun intended. But they, um, <laughs> you know, they they think they uh, they think that they, it's going to happen quickly because they've made that decision. Yeah. Yes. And unfortunately, you know, for five years they didn't make that decision. I, well, <laughs> lately, I've been saying. The second they start paying attention, they want the changes to occur. Correct. But have they been paying attention for the, I don't know how many months or years that that hasn't? So. Yeah, that's, that's just interesting. And sustainability came from uh, your sister Artemis. Yeah, Artemis, who I would love to connect with Sarah and Sarah for oh, a, yeah. a seminar. Um, Do you have you uh, have you seen any of Artemis's stuff online or courses yeah. that she does? No, but I. I feel like again I've heard that name also. Really? Starting. What was she, it was the strength with women. So she has a course. It's called Not Afraid to Lift, Ooh. and it's specifically mm -hmm. for uh, women who are. She encourages all women to lift, no matter you know what age group, yeah. because it's so important for their health, bone density, um, you know, building up their strength and capacity. But she she really focuses on the the mindset part of it. Mm -hmm. So trying to understand that this is normal. This, this is something that you could do to get yourself well and get yourself in shape. It's not like an abnormal thing for you to go and grab a kettlebell or some dumbbells and start lifting weights versus going on the treadmill and going to do two hours of cardio. Right. Um, <laughs> so she, and she's, you know, a testament of that. She used to do like, you know, she calls herself the cardio queen back mm, in the day. And yep. she was met uh, metabolically was, um, you know, all out of whack, and she w had to sustain a certain diet. It wasn't it wasn't sustainable, and it was very torturous. And then when she started lifting, she realized that she doesn't have to lead that kind of life. And she did cardio way less, and she got leaner, and she got stronger, mm -hmm. and she started to cut fat and everything. So great, great presenter, great presenter. She was like my introduction into kettlebell training, and then followed up with Lee and a few others that mm -hmm. um, really 
she made it really simple, really safe, and really like, here are the fundamental principles. Mm-hmm. And it really connected with what I was doing both in the clinic and training. But um, wow, big plug for Artemis. Um, <laughs> yeah, so she, anyway, needs, she needs to do a seminar we got, we got to connect. Yes, we yeah, gotta, I'll awesome. connect you. We'll definitely connect you. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask about um, speaking of lifting, the yeah. competition aspect okay. of what you're doing. So um, I, I did one competition two years ago, not as I said, not well, Hmm. um, maybe gosh, two or three years before that, a a trainer at the old space we are at said to me, you know, you have that X factor. I go, I said, what are you talking about? He said, you have that X factor, your, your structure. You could, you could be a competitor, but you're fat. (laughs) Wow. No, and, cool. we, and we laughed. We laughed. Right, right, right. He's, 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 it's like, like <laughs> nice entry point. Did yeah. he just walk up to you and say this? Or yeah. there was a little content? Yeah. Oh, no, but we, awesome. he's, a, he's a great guy. Um, That's great. And I and for a competitor, I was fat. For the average right, right. person, I was fine. I was, right, right. you know, I was doing triathlons. I was kind of lean. But for a competitor, I was fat. God. So he got me thinking. I'm like, you know what? I'm getting kind of tired of triathlon because I was a little chubby just from doing. But I was fast on my bike. Um, mm. But... I had gotten away from my roots of lifting and the shorter cardio because after college, there's nowhere for a sprinter to go, really. Mm. So I start, I did a 5K, I did 10K, I did a mar- couple marathons. Um, but I noticed how terrible my body got. Um, mm. I lost the leanness, the muscle development a, a sprinter has, and just genetically, I didn't look good as a skinny marathoner. Mm. Um, then got injured running because that long another story there then i switched my uh, addiction to cycling i was like oh i can ride my bike for a really long time but i got chubby mm. um and so then i started lifting and cycling and transitioned away from the long cardio back to back to root my roots of weightlifting cut the carbs back a little bit um and then uh sort of decided to do a competition but i didn't know what the heck i was doing i mm. just did a kind of a rushed eight-week prep. I don't really have a coach. Um, I just wanted to not look like a, excuse me, my language, a-hole up on stage. I just wanted to get see if I could look good enough to get up there. Mm. But I didn't know how to do it. I got too skinny. I got 11th out of 12th in novice. Mm. (laughs) So, but I was a judge. How do they do this? They had like two or three judges. Oh yeah, and lots of judges. Um, Do they gift you with a number, or they just yeah? You have a little. uh, little, If you look at my picture, you have a little number on your bikini or or your uh, posing suit. Right. Um, But it was a phenomenal experience. Mm. It's so cool, and the the it is so hard. So. I'm trying to do another one. I actually found a professional who knows what she's doing. Nice. So she's helping me. Um, so I don't know when I'll be ready because I want to get, I don't want to get just get lean. I want to get like shredded this nice. time around. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but it's it's really hard, I have to say. It's, yeah, the discipline of everything. I mean, the training, the diet, training, diet, training, Cardio. Diet, cardio. Yeah, and I was, I was uh, joking around with someone recently. I said, you know... The summer before my 12th grade year in high school, I accidentally did a competition diet. My um, track coach had me lifting weights. Uh, he had me doing plyos. I was in summer league basketball, so I was sprinting around. Mm. Then 
I got my tonsils out and my wisdom teeth pulled, so I couldn't really eat. Oh, I got so lean. <laughs> I'm just not eating well. That's a starvation but diet, the right? the point is, I had the muscle and I was doing the cardio. Nice. And it was a deficit of calories. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And you had but, something to spare. But I said, oh my gosh, I've been searching for this for so many years. Come come to find out, I'd already, I've already done this once before. I just didn't really know it. Um, and it That's didn't last long, of course, when I went back to school and kept, you know, started eating nachos and pizza. But um, what is the competition? Is it figure or is it bodybuilding? So, or? Yeah. So within within female bodybuilding, it from the top down, meaning probably biggest physiques to smaller structures, it goes bodybuilding, physique, figure, and then bikini. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I'm trying to do figure just because I think my structure's better set up for that. Mm. Um, so yeah, it, it, it depends on your genetic makeup and if or, if you go natural or not and um natural when you say natural or not it's kind of assumed that certain competitions people use what they use yeah and you can tell you can tell when a woman is taking Off, right. male hormones you, you just say. can yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um <laughs> and i'm not i'm not judging them they still work very yeah, hard exactly yeah, right, um right. but the i i do believe one of the reasons they started the other categories like physique and figure was because they wanted to get the drugs out of the sport. Got it. Um, mm-hmm. I, um, and but yeah, I think it's even trickling into. It's definitely trickling into figure and bikini. I mean, there's mm. stuff you can take that aren't necessarily going to make you huge, but it, they make you leaner and harder, or they're fat right. burners. Which you know, why, to each his own. But then mm. there's also natural shows where they test you. Right. Um. So. It is what it is. Right. Um, yeah, it's, part of the, it's just part of the sport. Yeah, so. yeah. You can choose to take it or not, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, it does, But it doesn't take away from how hard someone trains. And um, somebody once said, if you're going to take anything, build your gym body first. Mm-hmm. Don't just be a drug body. You know, you still mm-hmm. want to look good and put in the time. And um, drugs aren't going to make a, an, a phenomenal physique, you know. Well, the work is, right? Yeah, you still got to. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what do they think about the risks involved? Obviously, I'm not, I don't understand the risks. I know a lot of people in the past that in passing and working in gyms, you're exposed to it a lot. But, um, you know, what are some of the common pitfalls? If you've spoken to any of the females, pros and cons, I mean, like you said, obviously it will enhance your base. Mm-hmm. Um but you know, I guess what what would be some of the downsides for the listeners? What what, yeah? What are some of the side effects? If I mean, all? just having I used to teach a sport. I used to teach a nutrition class, and one of the um, sections was sports nutrition and and steroids because I taught at a at the Swedish Institute of Personal Training. Very cool. So teaching future personal trainers nutrition, you had to kind of say, well, this is what you're going to run into. This is what you're going to be up against. But um, just health from a health perspective, I mean. You could have liver damage, heart damage. Um, women could go through, what's the word, vir- virility, or basically it can change women's voices. They can lose their female. Yeah. Um, and it could be permanent. Yeah. I think so, uh, yeah. But I do think they see the changes and what it does, and I don't think they care. I don't know. Right. Maybe they feel they have to do it to stay in the sport. Or. I mean, if you're going to take anything, why just don't take a whole whole bunch that's going to damage no, you? Right. I'm not condoning, right. you know, right. you know, just steroids or drugs, yeah. but <laughs> I. Right. But I. So the one competition I did, this woman who went in front of me in line, 
her back, it looked nice because it was all shredded and ripped, Mm -hmm. but so much acne. And I thought, okay, it's obvious you're taking stuff. Why do you got to take that much? Isn't there a way to take less (laughs) and still get some better? I don't know. Um, No, it's. I think there are. I mean, I think they do cycle. I mean, I've obviously never taken it. (laughs) (laughs) They do cycles. No, no. I just hear about it. I think you could do cycles, and I think you can stop at like the beginning. Yeah, I've read, you know, do this one for six to eight weeks and then stop. Um, There's all kind of clearing out situations where you take all the supplements to kind of counter effect oh, okay. counter effect that and again this is in in passing i mean i got crazy <laughs> crazy <laughs> stories no i'm laughing because i mean I, this is true story on 59th and park new york sports club i always say med now yeah. uh, new york sports club there was a gentleman um that helped out in the locker room and he used to work out mm. and i don't know what happened but he was working out with us and trying to keep up with the trainers and somehow got in touch with some kind of steroids. And I remember he shot himself in the leg oh, no. oh my and God. it hit his knee. Like he hit a bone, he hit a bone and he was like, Oh, my knee's really hurting. The needle went through my, my, I think my patella tendon. Yeah. Oh, so that, you know, somebody, some guy was like, what are you doing? You know, you got to get the muscle. I don't know why the hell you hitting the bone. That's true. Anyway, the poor guy, um, he got fired because he left his steroids out <laughs> oh my on, God. on like um on like the in the locker room. That's terrible. So you know it was sad. He wasn't you know, I, you know I'm not giving any names. You know he was a nice guy. He, I don't think he was all there, mm-hmm. but um obviously not a good fit um for this uh for the for, steroid for usage. <laughs> but, for injections. Uh, but we gotta we gotta get someone with some steroid uh, some steroid experience. That'd be interesting. Yeah, just because I mean, in my in my limited experience, you know, you're tinkering with hormones, and hormones we don't fully understand. Right. And my understanding, you could accelerate or decelerate some process in the body, and if you have a predisposition for some kind of cellular growth, let's say mm. a tumor, Ooh. yeah, you could increase that. Or let's say you have a weaker heart. You know, you could put additional pressure and stress on the heart. Same thing with the liver. But that being said, I mean, I guarantee you that there are probably more people that nothing happens to with steroids. <clears throat> and, and we haven't talked about the emotional aspect of it either. Um, I do know some people within the fitness industry that had some rage issues and have gotten fired for obscene, you know, just very bad behavior on the floor. Wow. Um, with fighting and. That's crazy. Gym floor, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. gym floor attacking patient uh, clients. Mm. But again, I mean that I don't know enough about steroids to discuss. Just my quick little, you know, <laughs> needle to the kneecap um, experience with uh, the gentleman from the locker room. This was a dis- <laughs> we had a panel in school. I remember we had a, a mock panel. I remember they split us up. And you know, you remember this? No. Rami was all excited about this because he he was on the pro panel. Oh, the pro steroid pro side. I think we had said a lot of this shit. This sounds very familiar. I'm having yeah. this conversation. And I remember I was on the the against side or whatever, and uh, w- the stuff that he was saying, I was like, how do you, how do you, I mean, he was saying like it's minimized, like the, the risks are minimized in terms of the research, and we, you only hear about the bad stuff, da da da. Yeah. Um, and then, but the whole purpose of that class was if um, you found out, let's say if you were a PT in a, a school and you found out, uh, uh, under 18 year old athlete was taking it 
were you ethically bound to tell the parents that they were taking it? Mm. Things like that. So it was like a tricky situation for sure. But then it came down to like, is this right or wrong? Should we not, should we remove it from like the banned substances in sports? And, um, but it was, you know, it's definitely, I, I don't, anything that kind of like accelerates your risks for health, then you're, I, I don't know why you would take it, you know, especially in an amount that has been known to show, yeah. uh, to, to show that's going to, harm to you if you're listening rami we miss you man yeah, good times man. <laughs> yeah, some wild wild grad school times yeah but um, but it's um so given so I, the process that i'm in the trenches in right now i'm only on week i think week nine of an organized structured diet mm. um it's hard for me to hear other people who want quick results given the phase I'm in. Uh, you're in the trenches. It's yeah. so hard and strict. I get up and do early morning cardio. I see clients all day. Mm. When I get home, I don't have a dishwasher. I do. I wash a lot of Tupperware. Oh, and man. then when all is said and done, it's 9, 9.30. Yeah, still have to prep my lunch for the next day. I do most of the cooking on the weekend, but I, it's still organizing and putting it together. And is this a leg day or a rest day? Um, I can't eat out. I, you know, I can't drink. So it's it's hard, wow. but it's working. <laughs> well, that's it. You know, there's a there's a result you're yeah. looking for, and you get it. You know, it's that balance of sustainability. Like this is like a obviously a training phase, but you're also developing um, margins to play with. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like waking up today. That workout won't kill you. You know, I'm talking down the road, right? Yeah. yeah. Or nutritionally, but. How about your energy level with, um, obviously the first couple of weeks are a bit of an adjustment, but let's say the third, fourth, fifth, sixth week, energy-wise, do you feel the difference with the combination of training and the diet? Do you feel... I, I still feel okay because the, the woman I'm working with is amazing and she, the amount the amount of you know food she's given me is, um, it's appropriate. I'm surprised at how good I feel. Because uh, when I did this on my own last time around, I was just sort of playing around in trial and error. And, you know, when, towards the end, I could only squat 95 pounds because I was so hungry and drained. Mm-hmm. But now, you know, I still deadlifted a, a good weight last week. Good. And I'm, I'm running hungry all the, t- all the time. But it's I'm mm-hmm. still – everything's still fine. Good. Um, mm-hmm. And um, actually, I feel better because you have to sleep better. You, you can't be hungover or drink because right. um, you're not going to get through your workout. Um, and now I'm getting more conditioned. Mm. Like, you know, doing cardio four mornings a week isn't that big of a deal. It's kind of normal. I like it. Mm. Um, so I'm just getting in better shape and adapting to it. Yeah, it's such a, an important concept to, you know, whatever our listeners are are getting themselves into is enjoying it. I mean, um, I myself uh, battle with this, you know, going to jujitsu. That there's certain days where it's like, what am I doing? Mm. Why am I going to this? Uh, we were talking about Fight Club. Uh, <laughs> it's a friendly Fight Club. But the benefit of the discipline, the benefit mm-hmm. of how, you know, I'm playing with my son and I'm rolling around the floor with him. I'm not thinking twice of my movement patterns, you know, because been conditioned Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and it's been there so long but it's so interesting so to the listeners finding something that you enjoy and kind of 
obviously there's an every day you're not gonna like it no. but having the <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah yeah but the the benefit the benefit of sleeping better the benefit of thinking clearer um far outweighs the uh, i don't want to wake up at six to work out <laughs> yeah and we, we're a huge proponent too of leading by example especially for our patients so i feel like you're doing the same thing for exactly. your clients patients where you know, you're like you're you're living this, uh, changing the diet and getting the results, and you could pass that on to people. And I, I, it's unfortunate that it's kind of rare, but I do think it's probably one of the most ultimately important things as people in our position to to do, mm-hmm. because we get, we try to give so so much lifestyle information and advice, and we should be doing those same things. I always use the analogy. It's like if you were to go see a dentist and they had <laughs> yellow teeth, <laughs> or you missing, wouldn't really trust or them. Or missing teeth. Yeah. Or missing teeth or whatever, <laughs> like some really messed up grill. Like I, I, w- I would be like, why are you treating me? Like I don't want to look like your teeth. But, uh, um, but the same thing, and it, the, you know, we see it from a PT standpoint where there's a lot of PTs who don't observe these things, that the advice that we give, and sometimes yeah. trainers don't and either. It, well, dietitians also. I yeah. mean, oh, yeah. they it's within the bodybuilding world, I think dietitians are looked down upon because – it's it's aside from my core group of friends from grad school a lot of dietitians i've encountered over the years they don't exercise mm. they just kind wow. of they kind of restrict their calories or watch what they eat um maybe they'll do some cardio or some yoga but um it's i haven't ran into many other dietitians that actually lift or right. and and actually when i was in graduate school i went to NYU and it was it was phenomenal I mean, the, mm. the levels of biochemistry classes that we took, we know that, you know, in the absence of carbs, the body will burn fat. But but then there's no aesthetic component. Like my, the sports nutrition course I took, it was all geared toward marathon and Ironman and... Um, Endurance. Yeah. So they don't... So the, the stuff... I'm learning, I've learned in the gym or from other bodybuilders or maybe some reading online, but, um, or books. I, there's this one guy I really like that I like his stuff, but, um, mm-hmm. it's, it's unfortunate that, yeah, not all PTs are in shape or mm-hmm. not all dietitians are, I don't want to use the word skinny or lean or oh, but the, abnormal that. body mass index. Yeah. It's really life. Whether it's diet, fitness, rehab, you know, it is all. It all does come down to lifestyle, and and not one of those components live in isolation. You know, you can't. Yeah, you could eat really well, but if you can't get up a flight of stairs, what good is it, right? Or you could be an animal and be deadlifting and squatting, but if you can't pick up a pencil, what good is it, right? Or if you're a PT, <laughs> your back or... <laughs> you're a great PT that you know, but just knows, you know, I don't know, anatomy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, ther- therapeutic exercise, which is a you know uh, semester that they teach you, you know, mm-hmm. some rotator cuff stuff, some scaption, a couple other fun stuff. So if you mm-hmm. only knew that, how limited, you know, what's your scope? So I think anybody right. within our fields, whether it's fitness, nutrition, physical therapy, has to be versed. Not that you need to be an expert in everything, but at least understand these other disciplines. And I'm really lucky to be around, you know, individuals like yourself, like yourself, that are very eclectic, you know, and have a lot of different input. Mm-hmm. And I and I agree. I mean, th- sometimes that um, anecdotal slash, you know, the cl- the experience you get from other individuals that's priceless. I mean, all of us. I, I I credit my education 
as a base, but I think a lot of um, the little clinical pearls have been from individuals or from individual courses or stuff like that. It hasn't been, even though I'm holding on to those damn books, um, no. it hasn't really been the books that, that yeah. have done it. I used to hold it on to Dutton. You got Dutton and all I that. I got Dutton. I still got, of course, our anatomy netter. Yeah, netter. Did, yeah, there's so many the books. Key ones. I got to get rid of some of those. Um, <laughs> Wife is trying to throw them out. But um, nutrition, nutrition, nutrition. So NYU, your training, your triathlete, um, your endurance athlete stuff. How long did that last? How that, that lasted a fair amount of years. I think I did my first marathon in 2000. Um, and then we were, ra- a couple friends and I were racing the New York City triathlon up until, goodness, what is this year, 2018? Maybe like 2014 was the last year cool. I did it. We we did it as a uh-huh. relay. We always took first or second in the women's relay Very division. Cool. That's awesome. So you know, I was on the podium in 12th grade. Didn't get back up there for 20 years, That's but cool. I, we did it. That's <laughs> cool. But it was that a relay. Cool. I, could, I could never win the whole thing, obviously. Not, no. Well, listen, it still it still took discipline. Yeah. Preparation. Yeah. You were watching what you ate. You know, all all types of you know. There yeah. was a lot of parameters. To be faster on your bike, you got to be leaner and. Mm. Lighter, mm. <laughs> stronger, and lighter. What do you That's like awesome. most of that? The swim, run, bike. What was your favorite? Oh gosh, the bike was the easiest for me. Got yeah, it. and then um, you know, once I got lifting more, I got faster and faster and faster, and it was just so much fun to fly up mm. the hills past other people. Very cool. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, you all know that, but you know, the, the process of yeah, the lifting. Um, yeah, but so I want other people listening or just or or like for sarah my business partner i being a studio owner in this in today's environment of fast results and you know what what juice cleanse or or diet is going to get me how i want to look or what what's the most sexy exercise out there it's Mm -hmm. we're we're not selling snake oil we're we're saying look if you want to get this way this is how you're going to have to do it and you're probably going to need some physical therapy along the way, and you might have to see the doctor that we partner with. But mm. like you said, if you want to do what you want to do, you can do it. It's just prepping and finding the right program to follow or having the right guidance. Right. And there's a lot, you know, unfortunately, I think with the the amount of information that's present, it's hard. I mean, it's hard to navigate that. And a lot of people attempt it, but there's so much information slash misinformation yes, yes. out there. And a lot of times our jobs are just uh, to guide a lot of patients through this. And some of them, you know, connect and some of them don't. But, you know, I consider just ourselves as guides through mm-hmm. this process of tons of information and, 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 and explaining that the information you may give them may not match with the current trend. Yeah. You know, it may kale. You know, kale is great. But um, <laughs> well, the green juice. I, I did go through a, a green juice I didn't. I never went through a cleanse, but yeah, I remember you used to do that regularly. Hey, it tastes your, good. And so I got food poisoning. And that was, <laughs> that was a, I had a, a one bad shake, and I was like, screw it. And actually, your body's like, nope. I went to. Um, I remember speaking to um, our acupuncturist, mm-hmm. and um, she's not a big proponent of raw vegetables. Right. Yeah. Um, so I think I was getting a little too crazy with the raw stuff, and like, you know, I had a Vitamix, and I was like. I'm going to throw this in, throw this in. And um, had a ton of raw vegetables, and one of them 
didn't agree. And three mm. days later, I had to call out, and I was, I remember I, that. I was oh. incapacitated. Was bad. bad business. But uh, balance. It's not about the green juice. (laughs) (laughs) It's not about the green juice. And how long can you drink the green juice is the question. Exactly. And I do think it's it's interesting because we always talk about when people come in with a certain amount of information. It's like it's either a combination of what they read uh, online or in the paper or whatever it is and or information that they've received from other practitioners. And it, like Eric said, it doesn't always match what might be best for them or what's actually a common trend now. Um, but it, it, it seems to be an unintended consequence of having this extreme access to information. Like people would just immediately, immediately Google something and find whatever pops up first. And they're like, well, that got like five-star ratings. I'll, I'll trust that, that video. I remember a guy said that. Oh. He looked on a YouTube video. He's like, well, it had the highest rating, so that it's got to be right. And I was like, no, really? No, no. <laughs> and and it go, that goes to certain classes that are now in our city. Yeah. You know, not to single any of them out, but, you know, they have a, an amazing marketing platform, and they do know their target market, and they, they do a good job of getting them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to bring them to their goals. You know? I had a client this morning tell me she hurt her neck in a, I'm not going to name any names, but in a mm. spin class mm. where they did a bunch of stupid weights at the end. Mm-hmm. and it's Like she, shoulder pressing. Yes. Cr- some triceps. And it took- <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious, man. No, I know. I've seen You've some seen it? <laughs> when, I take, when I take flywheel, I just sit there and scowl during the arm portion. Uh, and I look around, and I have the biggest arms in the room, bigger uh, than some of the men. Uh, which is, uh, I'm which sure, is yeah. sad. Like, so What's push-ups off a bar? I don't understand that they one. They do push-ups off of the bar? Sometimes they do. Oh, sometimes, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Like, how do you do that? It doesn't build muscle. Does and and two-pound weights <laughs> doesn't do anything for your biceps. So... Uh, I don't want to listen. But, but people feel the burn because right. guess burn. what? It's above the heart. Muscle can't ventilate. Of course it's going to get tired. Right. right. So it's not a muscle burn maybe. Oh, even. They even do that. Huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's a, no, no, I know. No, it's this, a, is, no. this is absolutely true. It's, this this I needs to be I want people to spin to get the cardio. Yeah, of course. If, sure. if they're lifting also. And that's, that's the, that is or the thing about these run, trends. This, maybe, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the thing about trends. This is a, the positive, I guess, for us at some point. Maybe not today, but maybe six months or a year. It gets, it may be get catching a segment that are not that are not working out, mm-hmm. and this is their first entry point. It sucks that it has to be this. That it, it's kind of, it's not. They don't have too many sound principles, but at least they're moving. Yes, which is better, and it may lead them to follow like, well, maybe this isn't for me, these bicep curls over my head. Um, maybe that's not gonna maybe that's not best practice for me. But let me let me look around and maybe they run into a a, a clinician or a practitioner or a trainer that has some uh, better principles. Um, yeah. I had I had that same client today say, you know, I like these lake days. Oh, yeah, of course. When I go to the Equinox, I don't really do this on my own, and I don't work this hard. So oh, there you go. She's back for more leg days. That's good. Yeah, again, <laughs> again, you know, if it's getting people, you know, active and somewhat healthy, then fine. Um, but, you know, it comes back to sustainability. Mm-hmm. Artemis is uh, line to the group, and that stuck with me. But um, is this sustainable? Yeah. And and also in that case, like in the when you're doing the weights on the bike, intention <laughs> in, in principle, like, all right, what am I doing? Like, is the purpose to burn more calories? Is that really doing that, or is it to get stronger? Like, 
if if you just want to burn more calories, you can raise your hands up in the air and just make like twirling around yeah. in a circle. Like, okay, I get it, but yeah. like this is take a mop, take a broom. Yeah, I, I had a strength coach mentor years, some years back, and he he saw me as a new trainer in the gym, and he felt bad that I was so terrible. Took me under his wing, and and because of him, I'm a much better trainer right. now. Because nobody starts out. I mean, Eric, you no, said you burned someone no. with the. With, with the, an ultrasound <laughs> machine. I, I, you know, true story as a student oh, to man. the listeners. Um, quick story here. But, yeah, I had the wrong setting. <laughs> he remembers this because I called him. Um, I had a, as a student, I had a patient that I was ultrasounding. I do not, just for the record, I do not use ultrasound at the moment. But I was ultrasounding and I had it on the wrong setting and the guy's chatting with me. And he looked over at me. He was like, dude, my shoulder's burning you know it's like it's hot it's really hot is this supposed to be hot so i quickly turned the machine off i'm like no i was like we're gonna just cut this for today and he was like you sure i was like no yeah so i asked my instructor you know my instructor my first instructor that he worked with and he looked at me in a very he's like well you had the wrong setting you were probably causing some kind of burning (laughs) in his shoulder eric so for future reference here the settings don't stray from those settings oh man so yeah, that's one of many. I mean, that was probably extreme, but yeah, as a new trainer, yeah, I, I used to make people throw up all the time as oh a new boy, trainer. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> and I, I remember there was this, I had a couple of those. Uh, yeah, oh, and, and it was so. And I was like, "What is happening? Why is everyone just throwing up?" And then like, <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was this one kid who was like, he was the last one because I was like, "This is not normal." He was like a wrestler, and he was preparing for off season, or he's in his off season. What did you have him do? What I was you? just having him like do circuits, and like I had just started. I was just learning it's like the like a circus trick, bro. And I, he, he would literally get from like the third exercise, and you just see it. And he just runs to the bathroom. I'm just like, shit. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I I learned my lesson. And that See, was really I had bad. an executive almost pass. I thought he was gonna die. Oh he was like God. in his fifties, and again, he was like, Eric, I need you to kick my ass. I'm, oh, I'm no. out of shape. Yes, that, that's uh, yeah. what. And I'm sure that's you know, what I would kick my ass. You know, and I was like, all right, cool. Third session and the circuits. Yeah. And he like turned different colors, and <laughs> I sat him down. He was like. I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm feeling right now. You know, I was like, do you want me to call? Like, I was thinking 911. He's having a heart attack. Mm. Finally calmed down, and then he told me that, I was like, you know, what do you, what did you eat today? No, I had about nine cups of coffee. <laughs> nine cups of coffee. What time was it? About like, five o'clock, uh, and he hadn't eaten. And he was uh, like, yeah, I kind of had a banana. I kind of <laughs> had a banana. Listen, he was like, listen, I'm going to be back. You know, and came back next session. He was like, I ate. I need you to kick my ass. I'm like, no. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, no. We're gonna. Hey, but yeah, the throwing up. That's hilarious. Yeah, it, was bad. <laughs> it was real bad. But yeah, as a beginning trainer, yeah, so, so you have this mentor. So that first strength coach, he said mm-hmm. to me, "Here's what you have to ask yourself all the time: What is this exercise accomplishing? What is the purpose? Is it mm. should I be doing it, or is it stupid as s h i t? And I still think about that. And then I see other trainers. I do my early morning cardio at Equinox because it's great, convenient, but I see it happening and I'm like, oh. Intention. Yeah. Mm. Or a guy deadlifting with a rounded back and then going immediately into plyos. And I'm like, what, mm. are, you, what are you doing? What's, what's the purpose? Maybe with a belt. <laughs> yeah. That's, so. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, Super important. Intention. You know, um, something in therapy, you know, the carryover in physical therapy is, you know, we fall into... Uh, certain patterns as clinicians we go to our go-to tools but the idea of intention 
and, and conveying that. Sometimes you could verbalize that intention. Sometimes you don't have to. But that intention is such a critical component, whether it's physical therapy, training, and just training yourself. I mean, what, what are you trying to accomplish and really having a solid end It doesn't have to be an end game, a, a point, a goal, an objective, but, uh, but intention. Uh, I mean, you said it earlier with the exercise where it, you have someone rather do an hour of real skillful training where they're actually involving their mind and their body together. They learn. That's how the process happens. That's how progression happens. You come back next time. You're going to do the same thing, but you will you'll remember parts of it and be able to build on it. It's huge. Yeah, it's 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 been an interesting journey the last you know X years in the fitness industry, and you know, in some cases things have gotten a lot better, and in some cases they've kind of gone the other way. Um, but uh, we got to make uh, safe sexy. And, you yes. know, it doesn't mean you can't work hard. It doesn't mean you can't get to that 95, 100%, I need it stop kind of thing. It's just how often are you doing that and what are you choosing to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, I guess we're a, little, we're a little tight, but I'd like to kind of have any kind of sum up messages you'd like to send out to the world in terms of, what you just said in uh, terms of physical equilibrium and what you guys got to offer. Obviously, we're going to have all ways to contact you in our show notes um, and physical. But any any parting words you have? I, I, I just think that people out there are searching for the, I guess, the holy grail of, of leanness. Hmm. And to get lean, you first have to balance your body. You know, it's got to be strengthened. Any any weaknesses or imbalances teased out and fixed. Um, so strengthen your body, balance your body. And then if you want to change your body, it takes time. Right. And you have to learn how to lift. And you have to progressively overload in a reasonable fashion. Um, and you might need help from a physical therapist along the way. Because you know what? If you're heavy squatting or heavy deadlifting or doing pull-ups, you might something might need a little maintenance right um but consistency patience consistency and patience consistency and patience and focus and yeah so you can change your body permanently without you know flailing around like a monkey for (laughs) hours and hours per week and wondering why your body isn't changing so at the end of the day we like to change bodies very cool well thank you for coming on the show thank you for having me we would like to uh Maybe in the new year we're going to have a whole new lineup, but maybe we'll have you back later next in 2019. If I actually get shredded and do a, a competition, mm. maybe. Document, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll discuss some of your goals on that. I won't disclose that. <laughs> but uh, you could, uh, yeah, that'll be great. You're, and hopefully you're documenting your journey. Oh, not yet, but yes, yeah. Hey. Well, in a, in a way, yes. Yeah. Very cool. So yeah. thank you, Sarah. Thank you, thank listeners, you. for checking in on us and listening. Until next time. All right, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to A Few Good Physios. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Facebook. Follow us each week while we interview guests and have clinical commentary 